Star Walker Studios presents Age of Gaming, your podcast dedicated to video games, present and future, and celebrating the journey of gamer culture from your mom's basement to the mainstream. Greetings, gamer, and welcome to episode three of the Age of Gaming podcast. I'm your host, Lex Starwalker. Nikki Starwalker joins me on the show today to discuss Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition. Listener, welcome back to the show. So glad you joined us again and welcome to the show, Nikki. Hi. So for new listeners, this is the first time that Nikki's been on the show, but she was on the show quite a few times in the defunct Destiny podcast that we used to do. So if you came over here from the Destiny podcast, you know Nikki, but otherwise, I guess you don't. She's new. So so welcome to the show, Nikki. <laughs> Thank you. So I thought we'd start off and just mention, because I haven't done this before, uh, what we're playing right now on PS4 and or PC or whatever you're playing games on. So what are you playing right now, Nikki? Sure. I will attempt to remember uh, everything I'm playing. Resogun, Transistor, Dust. I think it's called Steam World Dig and or Last of Us and um, Diablo 3. And those are all on PS4, right? Correct. Awesome. So me, I am playing Dragon Age Inquisition, Resogun, Infamous Second Son, Watch Dogs, Diablo 3, Destiny every once in a blue moon when I'm really bored, (laughs) Fez the Cat, and I also play a little bit of the Star Citizen Alpha on PC, and that's pretty much it for me. Cool, cool. And you mean Pix the Cat, right? Not Fez? Is it Pix the Cat? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I've only played the game once or twice. Me and uh, Nikki played that together, and it it was pretty fun. It's kind of a uh, reimagining of Pac-Man. And yeah, since totally. Pac-Man is the first video game I ever played, I'm I'm quite fond of it, and it uh, adds quite a bit to you know the Pac-Man game. Like there's quite a bit more to it than there was in Pac-Man, while at the same same time being similar enough to kind of get the nostalgia going. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, what we're talking about today is Diablo 3. And Nikki and I are both playing the Ultimate Evil Edition on PS4. And so before we get into our experiences with the game, I thought I'd give you just a little bit of information. Diablo 3 is available on the PC, Mac, PS3, Xbox 360, PS4, and Xbox One. So there you go. I guess you can play games on the Mac. (laughs) <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was even possible. Who knew? Yeah, right? I don't know why you'd want to, but hey, there you, there you go. You can if you want to, I guess. Uh, the Ultimate Evil Edition includes the Reaper of Souls expansion pack. And I just have a little blurb here from Wikipedia. Diablo 3 set a new record for fastest selling PC game by selling over 3.5 million copies in the first 24 hours of its release. What? 
What? And Amazing. Was, yeah. And was the best-selling PC game of 2012, selling more than 12 million copies during the year. Across all platforms, it has sold 15 million copies. So a lot of people are playing this game, and I, I will have the Wikipedia linked in the show notes or you can just search for Diablo 3 on Wikipedia to see where I got this from. It's really amazing to me that it sold so well, especially in the beginning, because full disclosure, Nikki and I just started playing this on PS4, what, this summer? Mm -hmm. You know, the game's pretty long in the tooth already. It came out, what, 2012? Mm -hmm. And I don't know because I didn't play back then, but I've heard that it actually was not very good when it first launched. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, but there were some real issues with the game in the beginning and uh, one of the big changes I've heard of is what people call the loot system 2.0 where they made big changes to how you get loot in the game and the drop rates and the actual stats on the loot and stuff and from what I've heard from people that's when the game started to become what it what it is today and a lot of people love it so Nikki why don't we start out and you can tell us kind of where you're at in the game, what kind of character you're playing, what level you are, and what you're doing in the game, and what you like about it. Because I know you're a big fan of this game, probably a bit bigger fan than I am. So tell us all about it. Okay, sounds good. I I am happy to gush about this game because ever since I bought it, I've played it almost daily. I hate to say it, maybe, you know, definitely weekly. And I am having a blast. I made it to level 70, which is the soft uh, level cap for the game. And that was a couple weeks ago. And I love the companions. You get an option of three different companions that you can run around with in the campaign mode. Um, which is what you have to play in until you get to level 70. And there's a Templar, a Spellcaster, and a Rogue type that shoots a bow and arrow. And I love playing uh, with the Rogue running around with me. He's, his name is Lyndon, just because I think he's funny. And I've discovered that the voice acting makes a big difference to me. And his is just pretty funny to me. And I enjoy his company, I guess. But when I made it to 70 and had to go through the final stages to beat the game, I had to switch to the Templar. And that's because the Templar heals me. But that was all right. I mean, all the the companions that you are with all have, I guess, to me, interesting things to say. And that brings me to my next big point about this game, which is that I love the lore. I love the story of the game and the fact that it has so much story. And I don't have to read the story. Like most of it, I think all of it is voiceover. So that makes a big difference to me. And um, it's a lot, it makes it a lot more fun for me. Oh, and did you know that the Templar voice is voiced by somebody from Star Trek? Uh, Dominic Ke- Keating, I think his name is. Really? Yeah. Do you remember who he is in Star Trek? Oh, man, put me on the spot. Uh, he, I... Okay, I'm not 100% sure, but I think he was on Enterprise. I think, did, didn't he play uh, Malcolm, the yeah. tactical officer? You got it. <laughs> okay. Wow, I Great didn't realize work. that was him. Yeah, that's him. And he also did a voice in Destiny. But I knew I knew his voice, so I had to look that up. But um, yeah, so I've been using the Templar now. I've surpassed 70. And I now moved into what they call adventure mode. So you have these other little levels that are called Paragon levels that you can get after 70. And I am Paragon level 53 now. So I've been playing for a long time. 
But after 70, I started playing in the same zones that I've played before. But it's it's interesting because I'm still meeting different bosses and I'm fighting uh, different enemies, it feels like. And I'm still getting new voiceover clips from my companions and from other characters in the story. So that's amazing to me that there's just so much content there for me to explore. It took 70 levels before I started repeating uh, the same environments, let's say, the same zones. So that's totally acceptable to me and I'm having fun just repeating uh, stuff in the same zone because it's different bosses and different loot. And yeah, the loot is great in this game. I think that's one of the things that they updated, but the loot just keeps coming and coming and coming. Yeah, I think it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> so that's really what I love about the game. I, you know, I think the, the effects are actually pretty good. I know the game is a little bit older, but I think it was maybe remastered or something like that for PS4 because to me it looks great. And I just, I can't get enough of it. I think I'm finally starting to move on to other games, but I still play it a lot. So what do you like about the game, Lex? Well, first of all, I agree with you about the voice acting. I think it's actually pretty good. It's definitely not the best I've heard in a video game, but it's it's better than most. I've heard some terrible <laughs> voice acting in video games. Um, like for instance, Dragon Age, you know, everybody has these like terrible cliched accents. <laughs> oh, no. I really hope no one French ever plays that game because I think they'd be horribly offended by the awful French accents in, in that game. I, I don't know why people in a fantasy world would, would have French accents, but <laughs> there you go. And I like, like you said, that everything is voiceovered. So, you know, in a lot of other RPG games, all the walls of text that you would be presented with. Um, you're still presented with some text in the game, but it's all voiceovered. And I really like that. That's something with Dragon Age that I really don't like is there's a lot of text in that game. Usually it's things that your character is actually reading. So I guess from a certain point of view, it makes sense that there's not a voiceover. But when someone reads on a TV show, there's a voiceover, right? Right. And I mean, honestly, it's a way for them to save production cost and time and everything because they have to pay voice actors to, to read everything. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's the 21st century, people. We're playing on eighth generation consoles. I don't think there's any excuse <laughs> to have to read blocks of text in video games anymore. And, and I think we as consumers should hold our games to higher standards, especially, you know, big games like Dragon Age. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's an indie game, that's different. But that's one thing I, I do like about Diablo 3 is, is you don't have to read anything. And not that I'm against reading. I read all the time. But that's not what I want to do in a video game. Right. That's, that's not why I'm there. Yeah, totally. I really like the skill system in the game. And I was doing a little research for this episode. And I, I read that, uh, you know, the, the skill system is different in this game than the way it's been in the past. I don't really know. I didn't play the, the previous two Diablos. I'm guessing that they had a skill system more like what you have in WoW and MMOs. Mm -hmm. um, but I like this skill system because you are never locked into anything. You can at any time change skills around however you want. And there's no cost or penalty for doing that. Mm -hmm. 
And I really like that. It's fun to experiment with different things. And I am playing a wizard. I'm currently somewhere in Act 5. I'm level 64. Okay. I could see a point if I ever got to Endgame and I was still playing the game at that point where I might, if it's even possible, hunt down specific pieces of gear uh, because a lot of your higher end gear gives you bonuses with specific skills and, you know, go for, you know, this is the skill build I want and here's gear that augments those abilities. Like, I think you could really go pretty deep with min-maxing your character in this game, which, you know, if you're into that, that's, that's really cool that that's there. There is a lot of content in this game, which you said... And I really like that. I don't I don't play it as much as you, but I've played it quite a bit. I'd say if I looked at my hours played, it's probably the PS4 game I've put the most time into. Mm-hmm. Me and, too. And it's not even my favorite, but it's just because there's so much to do. Like I'm always right. like, well, I could always play Diablo because I'm still not through the story on that. And then you, <laughs> you contrast that with a game like Destiny that has, you know, 20 levels before you hit the soft cap it took us what like less than a week yeah. to get through the story quote unquote story if you can even call it a story in that game and so you know you have the game for less than a week and now you're doing the the repetitive quote unquote end game stuff where you're just doing the same things over and over mm-hmm. and you know here Diablo I've had it since god when did we get it like August or something yeah and I played it quite a bit and I am still not through the story. I'm yep. still, you know, doing the, the story missions. And then the other thing that I like about the game is if you want to, there's lots of replay value in it. Because like you said, you have like your adventure mode and your riffs that you can do once you hit the end game. Mm-hmm. You could go back and play a new character. And in fact, I, I have a friend online that I don't think he's even beat the game yet, but he's played like almost every class. <laughs> Like up to, I don't know what level, Um, you know, and again, unlike Destiny where, yeah, there's three classes you can play, but they're all basically the same. There's very little difference between the classes in Destiny as far as your gameplay. But in Diablo, um, the classes are very different. And you're playing, what is it called? A warlock or a witch doctor? I'm playing a witch doctor. Right. And, And I'm playing... A wizard and you know our abilities are totally different like you're summoning a whole zoo of abominations to follow you around and, yeah, and, and I'm, throwing, I'm throwing spells and mm-hmm. you know we're two casters you know compare that with with one of the melee classes or like the monk or something it's it's totally different right so I really like that I like the amount of content and yeah, the game's been out for two years, but I guarantee you when Destiny's been out for two years, if they're even still doing anything with it, there won't be the content that there's in Diablo 3 right now. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Yeah. As long as we're contrasting different games, I actually think that there is some a little bit of strategy in Diablo 3. It might be light, but I have so many spells to pick from. And like you said, you can rotate things in and out and you know decide what's going to work best in a certain situation that I am constantly saying, okay, what spells should I throw? What order should I throw them in? And then I have to watch my mana pool and I have to watch the time if, 
if I'm in a timed event. So I actually think that there's a lot going on and I still personally have to dodge and my area of, of effect spells only reach a certain distance. So I have to take that into into calculations and um, I just, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think there's strategy as far as building your character. I don't think there's much tactics involved in, in playing the game. And that, that was my next thing that I was going to say as far as what I like about the game is I think it's fun in a mindless kind of way <laughs> in small doses. Um, okay. This is not a game that I can sit and play for four hours. Uh, I usually play it for maybe an hour or so and I, I get pretty bored with it. But sometimes it's exactly what you want. And, you know, I listed at the beginning of the show, I'm playing like a lot of different games right now. And it just at any given time when I sit down to play, you know, there's different things that I want. And like, for instance, I'm still playing Destiny occasionally, even though I'm completely disgusted with that game and Bungie. I still play it occasionally because that's kind of a mindless kind of fun at this point where I can just go in and yeah, I've done this thing 50 times before. But if I don't want to have to think about what I'm doing and I just want to blow off some steam, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of fun for that. And for me, that's the kind of game Diablo is. I, I can just, you know, I can just load it up and start playing. I don't really have to think or strategize or worry about much of anything. So, you know, there's a time and place for that. Mm -hmm. So I guess um, I'll segue into some things that I don't particularly like about the game. And then we can come back to you if there's anything that you want to mention that you don't particularly like. Okay. You mentioned the graphics. I don't think the graphics are that great for a PS4 game. They're not bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's not noticeably bad. Like in Dragon Age, for instance, where I'm like, is this really a PS4 game? <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of the, you know, the kind of top down perspective and the fact that your character is always so small on the screen unless you open like the the pause menu or whatever. Like when you're playing the game, your your character is this tiny little thing on the screen. You can't really see much detail as far as your character. I don't like that you can't zoom the camera or move the camera at mm -hmm. all. I think instead of having our right stick do a roll which the PC version of the game doesn't even have, I would have rather had that be able to control the camera and be able to zoom in and actually see my guy or zoom out and see more of the area. Or sometimes, you know, when you're going through a dungeon or whatever, you can't even see your character and it shows you like the outline, like the <laughs> chalk outline of your, of your character because you're on the other side of a wall. And it's like, well, it'd be nice if I could just pan my camera around so I can actually see my dude. Right. Which, again, on like an eighth generation game seems very quite a few generations ago that you can't move your camera in the 3D environment. Kind of like I mentioned, I find the game really repetitive. There's only one type of gameplay in the game, which, again, seems kind of outdated for a game of this scale in this day and age that there's really only one game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like anything you're doing, you're doing the same thing. You're, you know, you start out with a black map and you're wandering through this whole map and you're killing things and taking treasure. And there's just no variation from that at all, which is why after about an hour of it, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is, it is kind of mindless. Um, there is strategy in as far as building your character and the abilities that you pick and things like that. But as far as the second to second gameplay, there's really not much tactics involved. And even in the boss fights, at least the ones I've done so far, and I'm only maybe halfway through Act 5, it's mostly don't stand in the poo, don't let it hit you, 
and just keep blasting it until it dies. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the extent of, of the tactics. So I, I do think that it would have been nice to have a little bit more involved stuff there. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, different games are different things for different people. And, you know, this def definitely scratches an itch when you just want to blow off some steam and you don't really want to have to try too hard or... Sure. And that's the other thing is I do like that there are the different difficulty levels. Although in practice, it seems kind of meaningless almost mm -hmm. because you're basically just picking the highest difficulty that you can survive mm -hmm. so that you get more XP and gold and everything. I don't know why the game can't just automatically scale that way. I, I, I don't really see because <laughs> like right now I'm not even done with act five and I'm playing on torment one or two now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so those lower difficulty, it's like, why are they even options anymore? Why, right. why is normal difficulty even still a thing when you're level 64? I mean, mm -hmm. who is playing on normal difficulty at <laughs> level 64? I mean, even on uh, whatever the one right below torment was, like I was chomping at the bit to unlock Torment because it, the game was so freaking easy. I'm playing a wizard. I had my guy built as glass cannon as I could be and I never died. Yeah. And I wasn't even using the healer, the Templar, because I really don't like him. I was using the Enchantress mm -hmm. and I still was never dying. <laughs> so now I'm I'm on Torment 1 or 2. I think I'm on Torment 1. Next time I play, I'm going to go up to 2. Okay. And I actually had to switch to the Templar again, and I had to actually change my build a little bit so I wasn't dying. But again, once I made those changes, like it's pretty easy again. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. It seems like the game is either super easy or it's ridiculously hard and there's mm -hmm. no nothing in between. Sure, um, sure. So, so that being the case, I don't see why we need all these difficulties. It seems like you could just tell the game, I want to play it on easy mode or hard mode. And then it scales everything to either make it easy or make it challenging based on where you're at gear wise. And mm -hmm. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> no, I hear you totally. Um, I tend to agree with you. And I think your re overall review is very reasonable. But one idea that I had was I've been trying to do riffs all by myself because I don't have anyone to do riffs with. And I just did a couple just to try it and see if there was any possibility that I could do it. And I'm on Torment 2 and there's just no way I get swarmed and overwhelmed okay. with guys. So I've been toying with the idea of going down to maybe normal or master or something like okay. that to try it. Well, that's, so. a, that's a good point because I have read, I haven't done a rift yet, but I have read that they are intended to be much more challenging mm -hmm. than questing or adventure mode. So that makes sense. Okay. Yep. So I'll try that. And that's one way that you could play with those modes. But I found it useful just because it's so based on my gear. So if I get a great set piece and I'm able to build that set and be a lot better geared than I previously was, that might bump me up to a new level like Torment 2. So is there anything that you don't like about the game before we move on to the next part? Sure. I would say that my comment is to agree with you on one point, which is that it seems like there's only a few ways that you can die. You're either overwhelmed with guys or you just can't beat that boss on that level of difficulty. So in that way, it does seem really simplified. Okay, cool. There are things that you can do once you hit end game. We mentioned rifts and there's adventure mode. 
which you're basically just going back and replaying content and taking out like specific bosses and stuff. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And then there's also hardcore mode, which you have to first get a character to level 10 to unlock this option to create a hardcore character. And so basically when you die, you're dead in hardcore mode. So now that would be challenging trying to play this game through all five acts without dying once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I wonder if any hardcore players are playing at anything higher than the first few difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd like to see a hardcore player playing at Torment too. That would, that would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty cool. And one other thing I, I wanted to bring up for people that are relatively new to the game like we are, when the game originally, originally launched... Did you know, Nikki, that there was an auction house in the game? What? No, I didn't. I wonder Ac how that worked. Actually, there were basically two auction houses. There was one where you traded for gold, in-game gold, and then there was one where you traded with real money. Whoa. Yes, and it was a mess. And on uh, March 18th, 2014, they finally shut both of the auction houses down and took them out of the game because the developers felt that it was ruining the game. And <laughs> my only comment to that is like, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, come on, Blizzard. Uh, you guys have made one or two video games in the past. Uh, you've made online MMOs in the past. Like, you know how in-game economies work. You know how auction houses and, and things like that work. And you know how real-world trading for in-game currencies work. I mean, how many WoW gold farmers are there even today? <laughs> right? I mean, yep. <laughs> they're not new to any of this. So what they were thinking, putting a real-money auction house in the game, is just beyond my comprehension. Yeah. I have no clue what was going on there. That sounds like a legal mess. Jeez. It's like they, they were all really stoned one day and someone was like, hey, guys, you know what would be awesome? Let's put a real world money auction in the game. And everybody was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do it. <laughs> and then like no one came back later once they'd sobered up to like review that decision. They just went with it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, if it was some new company that had never done a game like this before, like, I, that'd be one thing. But Blizzard? I mean, right. Come on. Yeah. You guys got to know better. <laughs> it's hard to believe. All right. So is there anything else you'd like to say about Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition, Nikki? <laughs> no, except that I'm going to try hardcore mo mode because you've intrigued me now. <laughs> oh, did you did you not know about that? or I knew about it, but I've never tried it before. And I kind of forgot about it, just assuming it, it wasn't for me. And I wasn't 70 at the time that I had learned about it. So now that I am, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Well, you basically, if your character dies, that's the end of that character. Okay. You, you can't play it anymore. So you'll have to tell me how far you get. Yeah. I would definitely start out on the easiest difficulty <laughs> and maybe just stay there the whole game. Well, actually, that might not be a challenge because I remember when I first started playing on like the normal difficulty, like it was, I felt like I could walk away from the game and like go to the bathroom and come back in the middle of a battle and my guy would still be alive. <laughs> Like, it was ridiculously easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could not up the difficulty fast enough. <laughs> awesome game. I highly recommend it to anybody that is intrigued by it at all. 
And yeah, to me, it, it is just kind of one of those ways to blow off steam now. You just pop in there and I do a few bounties and run around and talk to people and, you know, go play something else. But I, I still love it. Well, I imagine if at this point someone hasn't played Diablo 3, they either have zero interest in the game and we're probably not going to change their mind or they just got their, their console like we did. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to wrap up the third episode of Age of Gaming. Thanks for coming on the show, Nikki. Thank you for having me. It was fun. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at ageofgamingpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Lex Starwalker. You can also find me on Google Plus. Just search for Lex Starwalker. Please visit our website, starwalkerstudios.com slash ageofgaming. And also, I wanted to announce that Age of Gaming is now available on Joyride, which is a new cross-platform way for you to get your podcast. You can use Joyride to listen to podcasts on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone. There is an Android app. There is an iPhone app coming out early in, I think, January of 2015. And you can also get Joyride or will be able to get Joyride in your car on the Android Auto app, which is launching on January 6, 2015, and on the Apple CarPlay app, which is launching sometime early 2015. And you can sync your podcasts across all your devices and never miss an episode. So check us out on Joyride at getjoyride.com slash age of gaming. So once again, thank you so much for listening to Age of Gaming. Until next time, respawn and get back in there, gamer. This has been a Starwalker Studios production, your source for quality gaming and hobby podcasts. This episode's music provided by Clown Dubstep and Mind Cleaner. Please see the show notes for details at starwalkerstudios.com slash ageofgaming.